Amen. Deceptive signs and wonders. The Bible talks of deceptive signs and wonders. That's why you do not want to be chasing after signs and wonders. Folks, I want to see signs and wonders in this house. I pray continually that God will lift up his hand and, and do mighty signs and wonders in our midst. It has to be con confirming the word that is spoken in the house. I'm believing for that. But if you go around chasing signs and wonders, they can lead you into error. And the Bible warns against that. Matthew 24, 24, Jesus said, For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show, notice what he says, great signs and wonders. But to deceive, if possible, even the elect. In other words, the elect, will, some of the elect will be looking at the signs and wonders. The signs and wonders should always confirm the word. It should not replace the word. And sometimes we see the sign. We see the miracle. We see this is amazing. And because of that alone, outside of the word, we embrace everything else that person who has, has, has worked the miracle says. But it always should be in the context of the word. Second Thessalonians 2.9 says, The coming of the lawless one is, in a, is, in a, is, is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. This is talking about Antichrist. <laughs> There's going to be lying wonders, lying signs, lying wonders, lying miracles to deceive. And so with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. What I'm trying to say is that there are lying signs and wonders. So it shouldn't just be, it shouldn't just be signs and wonders. Are they preaching the word? Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. What is the goal of deception in the church? I'm going to wrap this up really soon. What is the goal of deception in the church? I want to suggest this. Any idea or doctrine or teaching, any instruction, any revelation, listen carefully, that leads us away from our sincere, pure devotion to Christ is deception. I'll say that again. Any idea, any doctrine, any revelation, any teaching, any revelation that leads us away from our sincere, pure devotion and our love for Christ is deception. It's deception. 2 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So what it is, whatever it is that you're, you're, you're learning or teaching or whatever, whatever, whatever it is the person is saying, does it make you love Christ more or less? Does it take you away from your loyalty and devotion to Christ? Or does it take it away? Satan's goal is to pry you away from the love and devotion of Christ. That's his goal. And it always starts slowly. Okay? The first goal of deception in the church is to get us to love Christ less and to love ourselves more rather than to love him more and to love ourselves less. You see, that's why deception makes sometimes it's flattering. It focuses on you. But Jesus 
<laughs> it's different when Jesus, Jesus spoke very clearly about, about um, w- w- what his priority is. In fact, I'll just read from 2 Timothy 4 first of all. It says, the time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. Now, this is very clearly stated in the scripture. This is from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. The time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. <laughs> In other words, the time is coming, and I believe it's now, where people look for the kind of messages that they want to hear. They don't want the balance. In fact, when you look at the next verse, in verse 4, it says that they will reject the truth and chase after myths. Sometimes we choose what we want to hear. We choose the sermon series we want to hear. It's time to flourish. I'm going for that one. Beware of deception. Right? But we want the truth, the full counsel of God. The Bible says the word of God is profitable for, 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 for encouragement. It's profitable for rebuke. Sometimes the word tells us all, folks. It says it's profitable for correction. You have to go to a house where sometimes in your heart you are corrected. Right? If you just go every single time, they make you feel good. They make you feel good. There's nothing wrong with making you feel good. But Jesus encouraged people and Jesus sometimes told people off. Look at what Jesus said to his beloved church in the book of Revelations. Of the seven churches, he told most, he told five of them off. It's just two churches that he had nothing negative to say. But he, because he loves them, Jesus, God says in the book of in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament, those I love, I discipline. His word brings discipline. It's training us in righteousness. Hallelujah. But here, the Bible is saying they will follow their own desires. Because you see, deception makes the focus you, not Christ. That's what deception does. I better move on. What did Jesus say? Jesus said in Luke 14, 26, If you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison hate everyone else. In other words, he wants your love. That's why he said to the church of Ephesus in the book of Revelation chapter 2, you have, you have forsaken your first love. That was the knock on the, the, the church in Ephesus. He wants our love. Number one. He says, if you want to be my son, you must by comparison hate everyone else. Your father and mother, your wife, your children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Deception will always minimize sin. And it will indirectly encourage it. Deception minimizes sin. Now, notice that I'm going to, going to great lengths to show you scripture, right? I'm, these are not just my ideas. I believe it's really important that a lot of the ideas we pick up and a lot of the ideas we, we believe are based from scripture. You don't want to just pick up ideas that have no scriptural basis. That's where you can get into error. And I know some people have said to me, Pastor Fulia, we love your preaching, blah, 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 but there's too many scriptures. But it's deliberate. 
I want you to see that the word of God is saying something specific. Amen? Notice what it says here about deception, about, uh, deception being minimizing sin. Jude 4 says this. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago for they have denied our only master, Lord Jesus Christ. Point is that here it's saying that sometimes the teaching that comes forth will minimize sin because of grace. Now, I love the grace teaching. Oh, thank God for God's grace. Where will we be without the grace of God? I believe firmly in the righteousness of faith, not the righteousness by works, just as Pastor Bob said earlier on. I believe it. I believe it. But there's some teaching in, there's some grace teaching that is not balanced. When they start saying things like works are of no importance. Look, it's true, the works of the law are of no importance, but the works of faith are. The works of faith are. Jesus said to every single one of the churches, I know your works. But sometimes people make it seem like sentences like works or obedience are under the law. And they make it seem like, you know what? There's nothing you can do that would displease God. That is error. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. That's why the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. There's some teaching that says God will never be mad at you. Yeah, it's true in the sense that he's not going to bonk you on the head. But sometimes we upset him. When Jesus was speaking to the church of Laodicea, do you think he was, he was really giving them a thumbs up? He said, no, you guys. I wish you were hot or cold. You are lukewarm. I want to vomit you out of my mouth. Does that sound like he's giving them a thumbs up? He was upset with that church. He was not happy with that church. Now, he gave them one of the most powerful incentives to repent. He says, if you repent, if you persevere, endure, so and so forth, you know, you will sit with me and reign with me. So he's not going to sort of bonk you on the head and condemn you. No, he will encourage you. But he sometimes gets saddened by the things that we do. We have to be careful. Because sometimes the teachings make it seem like there's nothing we can do that will ever upset God. And then we begin to live as if, you know what, my body is my body. No, your body belongs to Jesus Christ. He purchased it with his blood. Paul said, you, you no longer belong to yourself. Your body belongs to Christ. So he says, glorify God with your body. Ooh, I didn't expect this to come this way, but bless God. So he's saying here, you know, it minimizes sin. He says, they are saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives, to do whatever we want, even when it doesn't please God. I've heard some teachings where you says that, that say, you know, and I understand where they're coming from in the sense that Jesus is the one who God looks at instead of us. You know, we have the righteousness of Christ. I understand where it's coming from. But when you make statements like, you know, nothing we do will ever please God. Paul said we make it our aim to please him. He says find out what pleases him. Not so that you get salvation, but because you love him. Because you love him. There's some teachings that say you don't have to confess because he's already forgiven your past, present, and future. What? 
Yes, he has forgiven you. But that doesn't mean that when you, 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 he, he convicts you of sin, you don't say, Lord, I'm sorry. Can you imagine you have a relationship with your wife and you, you know, you, you, she, she's, she's bought, she, she's done all she can to, to, to nurture those tulips and they're coming out and she's really proud of it. She's happy with it. And you deliberately go and you stamp on those tulips and you go in and you don't say sorry. Is that love? Even if you did it by mistake, you say, honey, I, I blew it today. I'm sorry. But if you just forget about it, you don't, you, you know, because she loves me, so I'm not going to say sorry. What is that? What is that? Deception will always challenge the deity and lordship of Christ. The Bible says in 2 John 7, many deceivers have gone out into the world. They deny that Jesus Christ came in the real body. Such a person to deceive an antichrist. They always, deception will always challenge the lordship of Christ, the deity of Christ. Jude 4 says, you have denied our only master and lord, Jesus Christ. It, you see, a lot of Christians, we love the fact that Jesus is our savior, he's our provider, he's our healer, and he's all of that. But do you know he's also the lord? And lord means master. So we are children of God. We are also servants of God. Do you know the book of Revelation? The entire book of Revelation was not written to the children of God. It was written to the servants of God. The servants. Those willing to take the instructions from the master. The point I'm trying to make is that deception will take away the lordship of Christ. It will challenge that. It will, it will come against it. So, so you, you, it's, it's like you, know, you don't have to be obedient to him. What? <laughs> Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. 1 John 2, 22. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? That's the ultimate where the, the, the you know, deception will try to say that Jesus is not the only way, the truth, and the life. That is the ultimate where it's trying to say, you know what? There are other messiahs out there. There are other leaders. And they put Jesus on par with, with other leaders like Buddha or Muhammad. Now, uh, 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 the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father except through him. You can't water that down. Oh, it may make, you, may, you, you may find it difficult to say to somebody else, but that's what the Bible says. You either believe it or you don't. But deception will say, well, what about this? It will minimize the fact that Jesus is the Christ. Are you getting something today? So what is the end goal of deception in the church? The end goal of deception in the church is really to turn you away from your faith. That's the end goal. If it can turn you away from your faith, then it's succeeded. But you see, it starts in small doses. So sometimes deception will just rob you a little here, rob you a little there, rob you a little here, rob you a little there. So for example, there was teaching that came out and said that tongues is past. So right now you don't have to speak in tongues, so you don't need to speak in tongues. That was deception. It was robbing us of the gifts that God had given his beloved to help us in prayer. And then healing. And then soon, there's so many other teachings that the devil will try to rob. And ultimately, it begins to say, there's not really a hell. I've heard some bishops say, 
I, I don't want to mention the name, but a bishop in South, Archbishop in South Africa said that, that if there was really a hell, he didn't, want, he didn't want to go to heaven. Folks, there's hell. Some people have, you know, some Christians don't believe in hell. But Jesus believed in hell. The Bible warns us about hell. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Heaven is real. It's a place. You know, and deception will say, you know what, when you die, there's nothing. That's why so many people are taking their own lives. Because if there's nothing, I'd rather have nothing than go through what I'm going through. But there is judgment that comes after death. There's a time of judgment that will come after Christ comes and so on and so forth. I mean, these things are real. They're real. The ultimate goal of deception is to take you away from your faith. It starts in small increments and then doses and then ultimately it will take you away from your faith. And then you stray completely and you fall away. That is why we have to beware of deception. I'm going to start getting into this a little bit more. And I know it's going to bless you. We're going to find out more about what the Bible has to say about it. And then the most important thing, this is my heart, the most important thing is how can we safeguard against deception? And I believe the way to safeguard against deception, I'm going to tell you ahead of time, is for you personally. Now listen carefully. You can go to a good Bible-believing church, and I recommend you go to a good Bible-believing church. I believe River of Life International Fellowship is a good Bible-believing church. I believe that. But that is not enough. You need to be on your guard. You need to be able to go back to the scriptures to check things out for yourself. You need to know the word because how can you identify a forgery or counterfeit? By knowing the real thing. So you have to be alert. Don't rely just on me or your pastor, Pastor Bob. Don't. Don't just rely on Benny Hinn or whoever it is you listen to, Joyce Meyer. You have to be alert. Check it out like the Berean Christians. The Bible, in fact, can you just go to, I think it's Acts chapter 17. I hope I can get this really quick and then I'll wrap it up. Oh, I'm not even too, it's not yet, what time is it? 11.53. Okay, it's not yet 12. Just go to Acts chapter, just go to Acts chapter 17. I just want to show you this really quickly. I believe it's Acts chapter 17 and it's verse, let's see here. How many of you have concordances or you can just check up and see what Berea means? Berea, I think it's Acts 17. Ah, there it is, 11. Glory to God. Who got it? Dennis, where to go, Dennis? Notice what it says here. The people of Berea, go to the New King, uh, the New King James Version. The New King James Version, please. Or actually, go to the NIV. I prefer the NIV. I like the NIV. You know, you'll see in a minute. Notice what it says. Now, the Bereans or the Berean Christians were of more noble character than the Thessalonians. In other words, the Thessalon they were Thessalonian Christians. But here, the Holy Spirit is pointing out there was something about the Berean Christians that gave, made them more of more noble character. Notice what it says. For they received the message with great eagerness. That's a good thing. They receive, this is Paul giving the message. Apostle Paul, who raised people from the dead. Apostle Paul, who had deep revelation about grace. Amen? He says, they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. That is a safeguard for deception. These Christians, even though Paul was a recognized apostle, 
who did mighty signs and wonders. The Bible says they received the word with eagerness, so that's a good thing. Then they went back and they examined the scriptures daily. I can't do that for you folks. Pastor Bob can't do that for you. Your mom can't do that for you. Your husband can't do that for you. You got to do that yourself. You got to go back and examine the scriptures. You got to begin to get acquainted with the word of God because the word is truth. If you are laxadocical about the word of God, folks, you got to wake up. You got to get up. You got to stand up. You got to believe, begin to know that the word of God is your safeguard. It's your safeguard. I can't see how you can do it outside of the word of God. You got to get familiar with the word. Right now, we have no excuses. The Bible is on our cell phones. If Facebook is on your cell phone, you can access Facebook. You can access the Bible. There are so many apps right now. Good plug for River of Life app. You can download it and the Bible is on there. But there's you version. There's so many different versions that you can get on your cell phone. So what is your excuse? And then you got to spend time in the word. Notice it says they examined the scriptures every day. To see if what Paul said was true. When you go back, go back and check what, whether what I'm saying is true. Go over the scriptures. Is this really true? And that's the kind of attitude that will give you the noble character. And it will safeguard you from deception. It will safeguard you from deception. Church, God's heart is for us to be without spot and blemish at his return. To be ready. To be anticipating his return. To be looking forward to his, his return. To, be a, to have, have arisen and to be shining forth his glory. And he wants us to be one of those that he can say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because we've done exactly what he wants us to do. I'm just here to encourage you concerning being careful. Being alert. Concerning what you hear. And I'm, notice I'm starting with me. What you hear, check it out with me. Please do. And if you think, oh, there's something the contrary to scriptures, come and see me. And say, Pastor, you said this, but how about this? I did that when I was a younger Christian. I remember once um, one of the pastors I was under, you know, he's preached something. And I thought, no, this can't be right. So I went to him and I said, but the Bible says this. I said that to him in a polite way. I didn't say it. I, just, I didn't just get up and say, Pastor, this is what... No, no, no. When in, in, a, in an appropriate time, I went to him after the service. But what does the Bible say about this? I, I used to say that often. Because I really want to know what the truth is. I remember there was one particular um, pastor that I was under, and he did not believe in tithing. So he preached the whole thing about tithing, and I went to him afterwards. I said, but what does the Bible say about this, 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 this? He says, I'll look into it for you. And he never did get back to me. But the point is that I was able to ask him. And I want you to be able to come to us and say, what about this? What about that? What does the scripture say here? Look at this scripture here. And hopefully we can come to truth. But you have to take the onus. The, 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 you have to take the leading concerning searching the scriptures for yourself. You got to do that. I can't do that for you. The Holy Spirit will not do that for you. You got to do it with his help. He will help you to do that. But he's not going to sit. You're not going to just do everything else and then he would. No, no. You got to do it. So what am I saying? Beware of deception. It's subtle. It's dangerous. The goal is to lead you away from your faith. But praise God. 
we will walk this walk by the help of the Holy Spirit and by the word of God. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for this time. We honor you, we magnify you, we glorify you, we exalt you. Father, we're so aware from your word that we have to be careful about deception, about wrong teaching, about false prophets that speak forth error and not truth. And this hour, in Jesus' name, I want to pray for every single person that hears the sound of my voice, that you incline our hearts to truth. Help each one of us hunger for your word and hunger for truth. Give us a passion for your word, for your spirit, in the name of Jesus. Stare in us that hunger for, for truth that will always seek to go to your word. Help us to cultivate relationship with your word because you are your word. Relationship with your Holy Spirit who will guide us into all truth. Father, I thank you for your beloved. You, you love us so much. You've not left us without the way to go. You want us to be like the Berean Christians who are, no, are more noble character than the Christians from Thessalonica. Help us to always receive the word with eagerness. Help us to always go back and to search the scriptures to see if what is being said to us is actually correct. Let this be a house where your word is preached, where the full counsel of God is taught, where truth is upheld no matter what. We honor you, we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Mm -hmm.